Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays! I'm Lauren Yaus, your Scarlet Blue and you host and the HLGU Alumni Director. Welcome to our weekly podcast featuring HLGU alumni events, campus news, and so much more. I'm coming to you from the Burt Studio on the HLGU campus and my very special guest today is Dr. Eric Turner. Hello. He has a long list. Good morning, Dr. Turner. Yeah, hello, good morning. You are the chair of the HLGU Division of Christian Studies. You're assistant professor of New Testament and Greek, and you're the director of church and denominational relations. That so is correct. That That's a lot to put on a business card. I don't have all that on the business card. Okay. <laughs> so I think I have separate business cards oh. that I hand out depending on which role I'm playing, which hat I have on on any given day. Nice and tricky. I like that. I so. like that. You have to look through your cards. Yeah. All right. Well, how's your Christmas going? Well, so far so good. We um, we did something different this year than we've done in the past. We uh, actually went down and cut down a real tree. Ooh. So in the past many, many years, we've uh, only done the artificial trees and Artificial tree sort of is bad. So <laughs> we went ahead and uh, did uh, went out to a farm uh, just north here of town, uh, the Branch Ranch, nice, uh, which is uh, run by some good folks from First Baptist Church of Palmyra, Missouri, and uh, had a great experience cutting down a tree. And so my house smells like a Ooh, wonderful pine tree right now. And I know you have pets. So is your dog staying out of the yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they don't, they kind of like, they're ambivalent, you know. Oh, they, good. Those they, are the uh, perfect pets. He's more into like fetching than he is like drinking out of the tree. So, yeah, you have uh, the most adorable corgi. Yeah, he is pretty great. Yeah. He's kind of famous around here. He is. <laughs> he is Jabba the corgi. He's so cute. Um, so, what do you most enjoy about Christmas? Uh, I mean, the sights, the sounds, uh, being together with family, uh, specifically for us this year. Uh, is especially sweet since we have a brand new grandson Congratulations. Who, uh, named Wesley Allen, who is all of four months old. And uh, so this will be his first Christmas. And, and so they're coming to spend the night, uh, mom and dad and, and grandbaby. And uh, we're going to wake up on Christmas morning and have his first Christmas oh, so sweet. Um, at home with uh, grandma and grandpa. So that's going to be a big event this year. We're really, um, really looking forward to that. I bet. That's the good stuff. So, you are our campus expert on the New Testament. So, we have pretty high hopes for you on oh, this that's podcast. A, that's a, yeah, that's a, <laughs> oof, that's a, that's a big bar. <laughs> so, right. I have you on because I wanted to talk about um, some, like, extra cool nativity facts or trivia that maybe people could take with them and just ponder through this season where we think about uh, the nativity story and and then also you know they can they can talk about it at their family meals when you know there's that silence and crickets and be like hey right, i heard than, this this is really cool yeah rather than talk about you know politics exactly or, get into or, some sticky stuff or covid you know yeah. just let's talk about religion Let, let's exactly let's talk about <laughs> the not, baby jesus that's not controversial <laughs> at all so um yeah so i i think you know as i was thinking about that prompt of 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 this podcast and what I might say. And one of the things that uh, is kind of funny, but it's kind of not. Um, so if you come to our home, we have a nativity set like most homes do, right? Um, ours is from uh, Beverly Sullivan. Uh, many who uh, don't know who Beverly is, but she was a, a lady in our church. She was a church secretary for years at Calvary Baptist, and uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. And she collected nativity sets. And so 
we have a, a Beverly Sullivan nativity set that um, is in our home. But if as you walk in, the nativity set is there, part of it. You have the baby Jesus and you have Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, but there are no wise men. Mm. So our wise men are biblically accurate. They are <laughs> Our nativity set is right as you walk in our home. Our wise men are two rooms over. Oh, that's awesome. Pointed towards the nativity, which is more biblically correct. They're and on their way. They're on their way. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I know you, we've seen a lot of movies uh, built around the nativity of Jesus. And as we're reading the scriptures or we've seen church you know, productions um, about the nativity. And and the wise men are always there with baby Jesus. And actually, the truth is they're not. And so if you want to have a biblically accurate nativity set, put baby Jesus, Mary and Joseph, some shepherds, maybe some animals, Mm -hmm. and then put the wise men a few rooms over, right? Because they're journeying on their way. And, And I mean, one of the things, it's amazing, I've always said this, it's amazing what you uncover when you read the Bible. Right, right. You know? I mean, it's and not like, just go by like and the, not the just, Charlie Brown special. Yeah, think about how like, you know, you've always heard the story or you've always known it growing up. And so, you know, one of the indications that the wise men aren't there at the birth is in Matthew um, chapter 2, where uh, uh, it says this, and after hearing the king, that's King Herod, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them, and it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And then here it is. After coming into the house. Mm, not an inn or not a stable. A, not a stable, not, a, not an inn, you know, where, uh, where that's uh, respect, but, but with into a house. And it says they saw the child with Mary. And so we know by this point, Jesus is living in a house, not he's not in a stable, he's not a baby. And so you could get that from just reading the text, right? The other thing that really is makes it very clear, um, and so I'll, I'll bring in uh, a Greek word here. So the Greek word that's used for child all through Matthew chapter 2, it's used several times. It's used in uh, verse uh, uh, Six. It's used in verse nine. It's used in verse ten. Um, the word for child is the Greek word not for an infant. There are two different words for. There's a a word for infant, and then there's a word for child. This is the word that's used for a child that's about two years old. Nice. So, okay. which is, I mean, we read the check in the text, searching for children, Herod, children that are two years or under. So, um, all of your nativity sets are wrong. You know, <laughs> basically, not, no, basically. So, or you can make them biblically accurate, and Just you could separate the two of them as they come to bring them gifts. So that may be shocking for some people, controversial, but I think it's uh, we ought to be. Um, so you, you can know, keep your wise men. Just you could keep the wise men. Distance them a bit. Just distance them a bit. That's I mean, awesome. they didn't take the red eye flight, <laughs> right? You know, to, right. to Bethlehem <laughs> to to get there to to. Um, yeah, I think mine are on Jesus. camels. Hopefully that's still accurate. I think that's probably fairly okay, accurate. Okay, good. <laughs> well, and what we don't know as well is the number of wise men. No. Right? I mean, we know that – I mean, that's always the trick question you could throw out there. How many wise men were there? You want to stump your family at Christmas. And the automatic answer people are going to give you is three. Right. And why do they say that? They say that because there are three gifts. Mm-hmm. Right? But it never says there were three wise men. It just says there were three gifts. It says there were wise men. So more than likely, if you're traveling a long distance in the ancient world, you're going to travel in a caravan full of people, 
for safety. Sure. And especially if you're bringing gold, gold you know, I mean, like, right? I mean, you're, you're, if you're three men who are traveling from the east just with three gifts, you're probably going to get beset on by robbers and your stuff's going to get stolen. Mm-hmm. Right? Safety so it's probably a larger group of people, safety in numbers. Think of, think of that as well. So that's kind of the first nativity fact I would throw out. Um, the next one is in Luke. Um, where, you know, not to pick on nativity sets or to pick on church productions or this or that, but often how do you see a manger portrayed? Oh, yeah, like like the little cross sticks with some hay. Yeah, a little box on the ground. Yeah. Right, with the little – it's kind yeah. of cross and you got some hay in it. and then it's, it's pretty tiny. Yeah, it's tiny and the little baby Jesus is put into – looks pretty fragile. The manger, it looks very fragile. And so this, okay, so this really hit me when um, I went to Israel for the for the first time in 2008. So we were at um, in the northern part in Galilee, um, in Israel, and we're walking around this site. I think I think it was the site of Megiddo in the north. Okay, near around where the Valley of Armageddon is. Okay. And so this is one of the most well-preserved, like um, ancient sites. Um, has one of the, the most well-preserved altars. Um, that's in the ancient ancient world in Israel. But as we're walking around, you see a lot of rocks, right? That's what you see at an archaeological site. And the guide that was with us uh, brought us all around, and he pointed to this uh, rectangular, tall, about waist-high rock that was carved concave in the top of it. And he pointed to it, and he said, what is that, folks? Hmm? We're all like, it's a rock. <laughs> it's know? a trick. It's a trick question. <laughs> it's a rock. He goes, uh, well, this is a manger. Oh. And so you think about a manger is a feeding trough for animals. So practically, unless a horse or a camel is going to do the splits with all right. four legs out and, and, and lean down to a a, a wooden crate on the ground, that's not practical, right? So a manger actually is a, most of the time, is a stone uh, rectangular formation that's about waist high to an adult male and then concave in the top so you can put water in it or food and then the animal doesn't have to like, it just has to bend over like with its head and eat out of the manger. And so how we portray mangers even is a little bit off. Now, here's why I think that's, significant. And some of the early church fathers, uh, Augustine and others would pick up on this symbolism and this this uh, this picture in the text. So if a, a stable more than likely is not a wooden structure that's built outside of a place, it's probably a cave. Okay. Right. So where you keep animals inside of a cave um, often and you put a stone manger in a cave Right, and you think that's the way Jesus enters the world, and he is placed in a stone manger, laid there temporarily. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see where this may be going. Like the early church fathers would pick up at his birth, we we behold we behold his glory. The shepherds do, placed as a baby in a stone resting place. Mm. At his death, placed in a stone resting place temporarily. Right. right, lays his head in stone at his birth, lays his head in stone at his death. And then you can, I mean, read read as well the text, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. Oh, yeah. Right, so he's wrapped in swaddled, he's swaddled and wrapped at his birth, and he's, he's swaddled and wrapped at his death as well. And so both of those are temporary. 
I think what's also unique as well about that part of the nativity story in Luke is the shepherds, right? Right. So the shepherds are told, hey, go search for the child. This child's been born. Today has been born for you in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find the baby lying in a manger, which think about that. That's a little weird. That's a little weird. Right. Where, where would you expect to find a baby? I mean, let, let's hope in, in the mother's arms or in a nice little baby bed. Yeah, right. So uh, as a pastor, um, before I became a professor, as a pastor for many years, one of the easiest things to do as a pastor is to go do a hospital visit when, when a new baby's born, mm. right? So there's joy. Everybody's excited. Um, it's just a wonderful occasion, right? And so you would expect if as you would walk into a hospital room um, in the maternity ward, if the baby is over in the corner by itself and the mom is on her cell phone playing Sudoku, you would go, something's off. That's not – that's odd, right? Like you you would probably presume that there's a disconnect between mother and baby. Right. Right. Here it's not that at all. It's It's that go search for a child and the way that you're going to know it's this child is at that moment you find him, he's going to be in a feeding trough for animals. Hmm. Yeah. That's I'm very, sure he wasn't in there very much. So that's very strange. So it's like, you know, eight ball corner pocket. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's like, you know, here he is. This absolutely has to be the one that the angels pronounced about. Because it's such odd Because it's such an odd place to find him. Right. Okay. And so that's this Luke has this theme of like promise and fulfillment. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and that. Many, um, one of my professors, Dr. Tomlinson at Midwestern would talk about this a lot. Like God makes a promise and then he fulfills it. And so the promise is made to the shepherds. You will, that's the language of promise. You will find this baby lying in a manger. And, and they, and they do, hmm. right? Which is just absolutely, um, incredible. And so the other thing there with the shepherds is here you have the lowest members of a society. Right. You know, the outcasts, the field dwellers, the the people who are homeless, who and and the language of the angels is this savior is for you. Mm. Right? Not I'm telling you this so you can then go tell everybody, but it's not really for you. And so I think the so much about the gospel at Christmas ought to be Christmas is for the gospel is for everyone. Like Everyone, from the lowest members of society to the highest, um, yeah. to whether the person's in the pit or the palace. And all illustrated in that first Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And so, you know, there's there's a, a lot more. One of the things in Luke that um, that I find interesting is, is Mary's response to being told she's going to have Jesus, right? Right. And, and, you know, this language again of like, here's who he's going to be. He's going to be, you know, uh, uh, the son of the most high. Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Hmm. And Mary doesn't go, great. Right. <laughs> awesome. No, she asked the, she asked the obvious question, how? Right. And, and her questions, I don't think one of doubt there at Christmas. Yeah, just Christmas. logistics maybe. It's, yeah, it's like, <laughs> Well, wait a minute. How is this possible since I am a virgin, right? Since I've never known a man. 
right? And the angel gives her, Gabriel gives her an interesting answer. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and you will become pregnant. Literally, it says you will become pregnant in the belly, right? In the, in the womb, mm-hmm. right? And so that, that language, of that, that's not like, okay, so there are hero stories in Greek mythology, right? right. That of where a God comes down and impregnates a human uh, female and then gives birth to the divine hero, right. right? The most obvious example of that is Hercules, right? Mm-hmm. Zeus is Hercules' father. You all know the Disney cartoon. I'm yeah. not going to sing the songs, right? But you, you've seen it. So this is not the divine, this is not a borrowed divine hero narrative. The language here, as uh, one theologian, uh, Michael Horton, brings out, um, I remember hearing him talk about this at um, a, a society meeting year, years ago, and I wrote it down, and I, I, I haven't forgotten it, but I want to attribute that to him and make sure he gets the credit for saying this. But this this word overshadow is the same word that's used in Genesis 1 where it says the Spirit is hovering over the waters, oh. right? And so what happens right after that in Genesis 1 is creation. Oh, I just like, got the chill bumps again. Like, Creation out of what? Creation ex nihilo, creation out of nothing. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. So Horton says it this way, and I, I, if I could capture his words, I won't get them perfectly, but they're his, right? This is, this is uh, Horton. The, the, he wrote a book on the book of, on, on Acts. He said, um, he, he says, just as the earth is formless and void, right? A blank canvas upon which God will speak into it and say, let there be. So also the womb of Mary is formless and void Mm. in which the spirit will operate with respect to the incarnation in the realm of let there be. Let there be what? Let there be the God man. Mm. Right. And so he talks about this in reference to, in his book on acts, the reference to the spirit. Right. So we often think about the spirit as the gift of the son. Mm -hmm. Right. I will give you another helper. That's John's language. Horton says that just as much as this, the, the spirit is the gift of the son, so also the humanity of the son is a gift of the spirit. Mm. And so there's this interrelatedness in the Trinity, right, with, with respect to the incarnation, which is beautiful oh, yeah. to, make that, to make that connection. And then you brought up one final thing I'll bring up is in everybody says, well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, or Matthew and Luke have the birth narratives. Mark begins at the ministry of Jesus. What about John? What about John? Well, John does have a birth narrative, and it's this, <laughs> it's this one verse. It's and the, a little quick. And the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. And we behold his glory, glorious from the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. That word dwelt is a very interesting Greek word. It's the word for, um, it's eskenosin, which is a word that's used in the Old Testament for a tent, specifically for um, the tabernacle in the ah. Old Testament. And so the tabernacle in the wilderness wanderings is the movable presence of the glory of God among his people, right? It, literally like where the tabernacle is, the Shekinah glory is, right? The glory of God comes down, right? And, and that's the visible presence of God among his people. And so the, in, in the similar way, the incarnation is in the body of Jesus, the visible presence of the glory of God among his people mm. in a different way, right? In, in this uniting of 
flesh and divinity. Right. Right. And so you could say it, you could almost translate John 1 14 this way. You could say the word became flesh and he tabernacled among us. I like that. C.S. Lewis calls it, calls it, I love Lewis's take on this. Lewis says, the gospel of John is, is what it would be like if the cosmic alien met the earthly aliens. Right. It's like heaven comes down and walks among us. And then this is all the language of John, like, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> right? Or, or like, you know, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Huh. Right? Well, he, he's from Nazareth, but not really. His body. <laughs> you know, not, not really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he comes, like in his Jesus' own words in the gospel, he comes forth from the Father. Huh. And he's going back to the Father, right? And so this language of, of movement, um, tabernacling, which represents the the temporary dwelling place of God and and moving among his people, just like the physical body of Jesus is the temporary dwelling place of the glory of God among his people until the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension. That's right? beautiful. And um great picture. So it's a beautiful picture of Christmas of the incarnation being about God with us. Right. 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 Um in in all of his glory. And the beautiful thing about the gifting of the Spirit now is now we are this movable sacred space, right? Like Dr. Hearson would talk about in, in, in his book, uh, he teaches at Midwestern, he talks about sacred space. Um, we're this movable sacred space because we're the temple of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. now, right? And so we get to shine forth the glory of the gospel in the face of Christ, right, through our lives. And so that's what Christmas, those are some just, I think, interesting, fun, but also deep theological facts about Christmas that sometimes we we might easily overlook this time, oh, of, and you this miss, time of year. You miss so much when you don't know those details. Like you miss the symmetry and the beauty the and how, how God just made everything fit together just yeah. perfectly. That like Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, at the right time God sent his son, yeah. born of a woman born under the law, so that he might redeem those who are under the law. Yeah. That word time there, that at the right time, that's the word kairos. It's the word for an appointed time, a scheduled time. So even the birth of Jesus is part of God's divine scheduling. It's at at the right time. Yeah. You know, so. Despite us. Despite us, right? (laughs) Despite our, despite our sinfulness and And don't do and um, our overlooking of it. Mm, this has been amazing. You might get invited back. Well, thank you. I would love to come back. Uh, thank you so much. We we hope that you and your family, including Wesley, have a wonderful Christmas. Yeah, you too. Have a Merry Christmas and um, praying that the season's filled with um, the glory of Jesus for all of us. Mm, and the glory. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. This has been Scarlet Blue and you. Join us next week.